Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on Believe in Soccer, the Red Bulls look to stretch their win streak to three, but Saturday's showdown comes against one of MLS' most formidable sides, Oscar Pereja coached Orlando City. We're joined by the Red Bull striker who stole the show in their most recent victory over Montreal, Tom Barlow. The Shep Messing Daily Cast begins now. And welcome to the last edition of the week with the one and only Shep Messing. I'm Steve Cangelosi. October has begun, and what the cold weather brings is seven games for the Red Bulls in a span of 25 days. They've banged in eight goals over their last two victories. If they do it again Saturday, that will speak volumes because Orlando City is undefeated in eight games heading into their home match versus the Red Bulls at Exploria Stadium. And by and large, they're just a good team, Shep. Yeah, and Steve, to your point, they don't have to bang in another four goals. How about just put one in and get a shutout? You're right, though. I mean, these last two games for New York Red Bulls have to have them re-energized. But the game's coming up. There's always a tough one ahead, and this one, I think, in Orlando is going to be difficult. I really don't think, Steve, in terms of the, the 11 players on the field, 11 v. 11, I think Red Bulls are right there, but Pereja has done something with that team. Look, they do have Nani, but other than that, I think they're beatable. This game will be played before a national television audience on Fox, and we'll get into this a bit with Tom Barlow. There has to be this desire for the Red Bulls to show the country we are not the predictable side that some painted us out to be early in the season. Yes, familiar stars are gone, but this can be a dynamic club and they have been in winning three of their last four. What do you think has changed in that time? Yeah, look, we've been through it, Steve. Anytime you have a, a change in managers, uh, obviously Chris Armas out, Bradley Carnell in, usually you get a bump right away. In, in their case, Red Bulls, they didn't get a bump. They, had, uh, they, hit, a, they hit an explosion, a downward one. They, they bombed out in that first game under Bradley Carnell, but now they seem re-energized. So... What do I attribute it to? I think everybody knows they're under the watch glass, right? Is, is a new coach coming in? Is management looking at the players? For whatever reason, they seem very together. They're playing very hard, and, and they're moving the ball quickly. It looks like a different team. For what it's worth, the Red Bulls won their last visit to Orlando last year, one to nothing on a Brian White goal. I like the answer from Bradley Carnell when asked if his team has turned a corner with consecutive wins. His response was no. Turning the corner is going on a big run of five, six, seven games. We can argue about the effectiveness of Carnell as an interim head coach. His attitude, though, has been pretty impressive during this time. Well, he's he's shaken it up, Steve. He, he's brought a different mentality. The very first thing he did, and I liked his explanation for it, he doesn't give out the starting lineup. He doesn't tell the players until they're in the locker room before the game. And when we asked why, I liked his answer. He said, I want every player going to sleep the night before the game preparing to be in the starting lineup. And that, that's a European mentality, more often done in Europe than in Major League Soccer. But it sends a message to the players, and they seem to have received it. Well, comparatively speaking to some of the big additions we've seen in Major League Soccer, 
nobody talks about the Red Bulls, but this, I think, speaks to Mandela Egbo and Drew Yearwood. Everybody loves goals. Statistically, much of the game, though, favored Montreal on Sunday. With one exception, the Red Bulls won the tackle battle 8-5, to five, and there's a fight to this team that wasn't evident about a month ago. What do the new guys have to do with that? Yeah, again, it's that mentality, Steve. Look, defense in any sport, it's all about hard work. And when we spoke to Mandela Egbo, he was clear about it. I love getting forward, but I love putting in a crunching tackle. Uh, Drew Yearwood, very different player. He reminds me of, of Tyler Adams. Very smooth, very elegant, very poised, but he's a hard player as well. The status of Kaku is something that is potentially going to have a big effect on this team in the final month of the year. Selected to represent Paraguay in the upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Now, we talked about this earlier this week with Jim Curtin. He felt there were going to be a lot of players prohibited from going. There would be a lot of disappointed players throughout the league. We have not been able to confirm anything solid at the time of this taping. Let's assume for the purpose of this conversation, Kaku is going. Paraguay has matches October 8th versus Peru, October 13th versus Venezuela. That's where Kaku, by the way, would potentially play against his Red Bulls teammate, Christian Caceres. Let's say he goes, he plays, and then has to quarantine. He's not back until the 23rd of October. What does that do for this team? Now, granted, the Red Bulls aren't the only ones in this situation. Well, to answer your question, it, it does two things. Obviously, they're going to be at a loss without his playmaking skill in the midfield. The upside is Kaku, when he gets on the plane, I'm sure he's going to tell his teammates, guys, just get me to the playoffs because I'm going to come back motivated. I'm going to come back fired up, and I'll take it from there. So for a player especially like Kaku, right, he wants – these international games he wants the visibility wants that game and and i think he'll come back fired up and then we have to weigh what the november international window does to the availability of mls players after that warriors cross barlow is there across the face of goal and it's in first mls goal in a second appearance for tom barlow and the new york red bulls down a man have taken the lead against atlanta I mean, that is an absolutely fantastic header from Tom Barlow. Now in his second season as an MLS striker is 25-year-old Tom Barlow, whose first two goals of the season powered the Red Bulls to a 4-1 victory over Montreal on Sunday. Tom, thanks for joining us. For a striker, does, does the sun shine a little brighter in the days that follow a two-goal game? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to get on the score sheet. Uh, took me a little, took me a little while, but uh, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I got I was able to you know put a couple in the other night, and uh, we're on a, a little bit of a roll right now, so it feels nice. Well, Tom, I'll set you up for a fond memory, my best memory, and I hope there are many more to come. It was May nineteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Man, that goal you scored against Atlanta to win the game one zero as it went over Brad Guzan, and he's chasing it. Tell me how good that was. Oh yeah. I mean, that's probably my fondest memory too. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, um, it was a crazy game, the red card, we were down a guy, uh, you know, the, the crowd was amazing. There's tons of fans there. And so, 
yeah, for me to, to get the opportunity to come in with the last 30 minutes of a game and uh, get a chance like that and, you know, it going in, it was, uh, it was really cool and a special moment for me. And, uh, yeah, it was one of my, uh, probably one of my best memories here at Red Bull. We dug into some numbers before the game against Montreal, and it turns out only five players in the league were averaging more shots on goal per 90 minutes than you were heading into that game against the Impact. Those are the guys who've played at least 400 minutes. And that leads us to believe two things, Tom. You were getting your chances, and for a forward, there probably can't be anything more frustrating than that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day uh... – you know, I, I was getting in good spots and I was feeling that, and, you know, I, I know I had a, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of good looks and a bunch of opportunities for me to, to score. And yeah, it was frustrating that, that none of them were going in. So, uh, but I'm, you know, luckily uh, I got such great coaches and teammates. They, you know, they keep encouraging me and, you know, telling me I'm doing the right things, just keep at it and eventually they'll fall. And, you know, I'm happy uh, that they were able to go in the other night. Tell us about the, about the options up front, because we speculate every, every game, right? It's going to be one striker. Is it going to be two? Is it going to be Tom Barlow? Is it going to be Brian White? Where does Jorgensen fit in? How are you three guys working and competing together? How's that going? It's great. I mean, uh, yeah, all the, all the forwards we have, uh, all great guys, all hard workers. Um, so, you know, the, the only thing we can do is, you know, prepare and uh, work hard in training. And, uh, the, you know, obviously the coach, you know, makes the decision who he's going to play. Um, but yeah, we, we work, you know, we work well together. Uh, we're always working on finishing after training, during training, obviously. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's up to the coach. And so we just try our best to put a, put a, uh, you know, put ourselves in the, in the best position to, to play and get a chance to go out there and improve ourselves. And, uh, but yeah, they're all great guys. Everyone's working hard and, um, you know, it's, it's going well so far. So. There were so many people who were happy for you when you signed with the first team from Red Bulls, too. You had scored 18 times in 34 USL games at that level before making your debut for the first team. I guess this is something that you, Brian, and Matthias all deal with to some degree. At the MLS level, does it really feel like a different game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a different level. Um, you know, the, the quality's... Uh, a little bit better. Um, guys are faster, stronger, the game's faster. Um, you know, so, and for me, I guess, uh, the defenders are a lot smarter too. Um, just the way they're bumping you and how they defend. And so they, it does make it difficult. Um, but you know, my second season now I'm starting to get a better feel for it. And, you know, my confidence is going up and obviously when you're scoring goals, that confidence goes up, which is nice, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a higher level. Uh, but it's good. It's you know competitive and it's a challenge, and uh, we enjoy it. And Tom's Steve usually asks this question. I'm going to ask it though. I, I love St. Louis because I played at a time where I was on the U.S. Olympic team. Seven of the starting eleven, they were from St. Louis. So who who did you look up to? Any player you looked up to growing up in St. Louis? Uh, you know, actually, uh, when I was younger. Um, I liked uh, Brian McBride growing up because he was at St. Louis U, you know, so when I was young, uh, we always went to those games and uh, I, I was at the game. I think his jersey was retired and, and all that sort of thing. And uh, obviously he was a special player and a, a great goal scorer and uh, part of that, na uh, you know, part of the national team. And um, but yeah, there's, you know, St. Louis got a great history. A lot of good players have come out of there. Um, you know, obviously they get the, the MLS team that's coming there in a few years, which is really cool for them. 
You realize that St. Louis native Taylor Twelman out there is going to shake his head if he does hear this <laughs> podcast, but that's okay. You gave us the honest answer. Uh, but again, a city with such a rich soccer heritage, what was it like to be a young kid growing up uh, in St. Louis, to be raised in that city? And as far as getting the MLS team, I'm sure you and some of the locals there probably wonder what took so long. This is a city that deserved it long before now. Yeah, no, I uh, I know they've been pushing for it for uh, you know quite quite a while now. Um, they got the USL team a few years ago. Uh, I know they're actually going to get rid of it now that the MLS team is coming in. But uh, I know the people there have been pushing for it for a while. You know, people in St. Louis uh, obviously love their soccer, the great history there, um, and so it's it's really exciting. And I'm I'm really happy that that they finally uh, were able to get the team. So I know it's a couple years away, but uh, you know, as uh, I look right now, there's you know everyone from from back home is super excited. People are buying tickets already and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, St. Louis is a great soccer town and uh, very, uh, very lucky to grow up there and, and, uh, and experience all that. Well, you know, Tom, there, there's so many different paths for young players now who aspire to be a pro. Uh, kudos to you because I'm a proponent of going to college and, and you killed it at University of Wisconsin. I think you only missed two games in your career there. What, what went into that decision? You know, um, yeah, so I, I think I, I think I started getting recruited by Wisconsin maybe my sophomore year. Um, I had a, uh, a guy uh, who actually plays for Phoenix Rising um, now. Uh, he's a defender, though, but uh, someone I looked up to when I, when I was younger. He was only a few years older than me, but uh, I got to play with him a, a little bit. Uh, that's A.J. Cochran. And so he went up there and played, and uh, I got a chance to go visit and stay with him, and he showed me around and you know, I, I fell in love with the campus and the coaches up there, and uh, it was a great fit for me. And, uh, yeah, I had a great four years, an unbelievable experience, um, and it was good soccer too. Coach Trask, Coach T. Meyer, all those guys, uh, Hol Aaron Holbein, he played in the MLS for a little while, uh, taught me a lot. And, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, I, I still talk to those guys. They still give me advice. And, uh, yeah, it was a great experience and uh, very lucky uh, to attend there. John Trask, the longtime head coach for about a decade anyway at the University of Wisconsin. I believe you got to one NCAA tournament under him, and you won a couple of games, eliminated in the third round. I want to talk about present-day coaches and the Red Bull family, if we can switch back to that, because this is a season in which a coach has been fired, a coach is here temporarily, perhaps, and while we don't know this for a fact, Tom, Another coach might be making observations, ready to come in and take the job on a full-time basis. Part of this is just being a professional, I understand, but I imagine for some of the guys, it's a little strange, too. What's it been like, this ride for you? Yeah, uh, I mean, personally, I've never experienced a transition like this, um, where a coach leaves and another coach steps up. Um, but, you know, with what we have, you know, our team is uh, stuck together. Um, you know, Chris Armas was unbelievable. He's the one that gave me the opportunity and signed me. Um, so he was a, he was a, a fantastic coach, a great guy. Um, and, uh, you know, sad for, for him to go. Um, Bradley Carnell stepped up. Um, he's an unbelievable person too, a great coach. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been tough, but it's, it's been great. And, you know, we're sticking together and our, our jobs to, you know, go out there and, and work hard and uh, try to get as many wins as we possibly can. And, so that's what we're doing right now, and uh, we're just sticking to the plan and not not letting every uh, not letting little things you know affect us, and just trying to do the best we can with what we got. But it's going well, going well so far. Obviously, the last two games give you guys a little bump in the locker room. What's the work uh, 
being put in right now looking forward to the weekend game in orlando yeah um you know uh right now so we had a after montreal we were able to get a couple of days off we got a, a lot of games coming up so it's good to get you know get a little rest but uh obviously orlando is a team that's been on a, a bit of a roll um they got a, a great team a lot of great players and uh so i mean we're going down there uh after you know winning two games and feeling pretty confident uh we you know we're obviously going down there for the three points so um, that's, that's our goal. And, uh, that's what we've been working at all week and guys are feeling good, fresh. Um, and we're ready to go down there and compete and uh, bring home three points. What a challenging eight or nine day stretch for the team now. And I know you're feeling good after back-to-back four to one wins playing an Oscar Pereja team knows it means you're going to be playing a team that's obviously very well organized. And Tom, I would imagine the second time around against Miami, might be different as well. Gonzalo Higuain, if for no other reason than that, is likely looking at major minutes in that game. Uh, tell me what you feel has made a player like Higuain so effective for so long from the striker's perspective. I mean, you look at his uh, career. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's scored goals. So, obviously, he's an unbelievable striker, unbelievable player. And, uh, yeah, I know he made his debut the other night. Uh, I saw he missed the PK. But uh, I saw I got a bunch of chances, and it, it's you know it's really cool to be able to go out there and uh, you know compete against some of these guys that come over from these top leagues in Europe. Um, and so, but obviously you know just just uh, just knowing him and watching him growing up, he's uh, an unbelievable player, and uh, you know we just look forward to ca- competing with him and going out there and facing him on the field. Well, to that point, look. I was through it. I went through it a long time ago. Don't you pinch yourself sometimes, a St. Louis kid playing at University of Wisconsin, and now you're on the field playing against players like Iguain, coaches like Thierry Henry. Is it a dream or it's real? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a dream. Uh, you know, Thierry Henry actually is my, you know, my all-time favorite player. Uh, you know, when I was younger, my, my coach was a huge Arsenal fan, and you know, bus trips and stuff. We'd always be watching these 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 old Arsenal games and uh, Thierry Henry. And so I got a chance to meet him actually a couple of years ago when he came back to Red Bull Arena for one of the games. Um, and I got a chance to go up there and talk to him. And uh, what a cool guy! And being able to you know see him uh, on the sidelines the other night was uh, was a pretty cool feeling. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a surreal feeling. Uh, I'm just kind of taking it all in, enjoying it, and uh, trying my best. So. It's about time for us to let you go. Everybody happy and healthy right now in your family. It's been such a difficult time for so many people around the game, outside of the game, uh, and we hope you're doing well. But you've held up well, apparently, during all of this. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, team's doing well. I know uh, everyone's been in touch. They're, everyone's families are doing well. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's been a uh, difficult year. So, uh, you know, we've tried our best to stick together and stay, you know, stay connected, especially, you know, during the quarantine period. And uh, luckily we're all doing well, staying healthy. And, uh, you know, we're uh, obviously doing doing well at the moment. So uh, everything's positive so far. So hopefully uh, keep it going. I know you want the fans back in the building. So do we. We can't wait for that day. Tom, this was terrific catching up with you. Good luck this weekend against Orlando. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good hearing from Tom Barlow. And we'll end with this. The 2020-21 UEFA Champions League draw has been conducted. Many Americans are going to be part of this competition. Everybody talking about Barcelona, Juventus. That doesn't mean Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi only. It means 
potentially Weston McKinney versus Serginho Dest. So there are so many American machinations to this tournament. Two members of the Red Bulls family at one time will be part of Champions League. Let's just say that neither one had the luck of the draw, but they're looking forward to this, no doubt. Let's take Jesse Marsh first, Shep, back in Champions League group stage with Salzburg. How about this? The rest of the group, Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv, Moscow. Got your work cut out, but I guess coaches crave these challenges, don't they? Yeah, you hit it on the head, Steve, and as you read off those names, you and I know Jesse Marsh. He's probably rolling up his sleeves as soon as he saw that draw. Uh, Jesse Marsh against Bayern Munich, he can't wait to play that game. He relished in the opportunity and the comeback against Liverpool last year, only to have his heart broken and the Salzburg fans' hearts broken in that 4-3 to three defeat. As for Tyler Adams, this is another step, I think, in the growing process of a good, hardworking young player. RB Leipzig, the draw for them in Champions League. Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester United, and I hope I get the pronunciation absolutely right, Istanbul, Başak Şehir, the Turkish side. So he's going to play against Neymar and Mbappe, potentially, Tyler Adams. This is, again, very important experiences on the road to his full growth as a player. Well, you're right, Steve. In, in the big picture, these are very important steps for all the young American players. Tyler Adams in this group, and again, we know Tyler Adams. Do you think he's going to be afraid to go up against those teams? No way. He's going to relish it. And really, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, you know, bring them on. We'll drop our fresh show on Monday, a look back at Red Bulls Orlando City, and much more regarding the beautiful game. Thanks for listening to Believe in Soccer, the Shep Messing Daily Cast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.